the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Christ's death and resurrection proved every claim Jesus made and every claim that was made about Jesus through the prophets and the apostles. And it erased any doubt as to his deity. Do questions about Christ's deity gnaw away at you? Well, Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno is going to take us through a portion of the book of John, the 8th chapter specifically, and deal with some of those answers to the questions. I hope you can stay tuned. I'm Mike Trout. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. It's supported by listeners just like yourself who appreciate the teaching. More information about the church is on the web at highlands.us. And now again in the book of John, the 8th chapter, follow along if you can, here's Pastor Layton. Now, incredibly, despite the fact that Jesus had spoken so clearly to them, the author here tells us they, did, they still did not realize that he had been speaking to them about the Father. Now, the use of a definitive article, the word the, before the word Father, indicates this is a reference to God, the Heavenly Father. But we have to remind ourselves that the idea of referring to God as Father was introduced by Jesus. And it was so radical that it was something that they were not even familiar with. Remember that they were even afraid to mention God's name. Who would think that you could refer to God as someone so tender as a father? Now, there was coming a day, Jesus said, that his claims would be confirmed undeniably. He said, when you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he. Now, lifted up is a curious expression. It points to the cross. Um, it's used here by John in ways it's not used by the other New Testament writers. The other New Testament writers use it to mean to exalt. And so... John, the author of this gospel, probably uses it to convey a double meaning. It means that when Jesus was lifted up on the cross, he was also exalted because his greatest glory was in accepting the shame and the humiliation of Calvary's cross in order to fulfill God's purpose in him to bring salvation to sinners. Christ's death and resurrection proved every claim Jesus made. And every claim that was made about Jesus through the prophets and the apostles. And it erased any doubt as to his deity. That great and glorious event. He spoke things that the Father taught him. And the Father was one with him and would not leave him alone. And he did all things that are pleasing to the Father. And Jesus was not here on his own agenda. He wasn't here for his own mission. He wasn't here for his own purpose. He wasn't here to gain glory for himself. Rather, he had come to fulfill the Father's will by going to Calvary's cross and there paying the wages of our sin. 
And his death on the cross exhibited an absolute submission to the Father's will. He summed it up by saying, I always do what is pleasing to him, the Father. Now, some of the Jewish people that were here that day that rejected him that day might have been among the crowd that gathered on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, where 3,000 came to receive Jesus Christ as their Messiah, their Savior. Yet the author here tells us that even on this occasion, six months before Jesus went to the cross, many came to believe in him. Verse 31, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now there is so much in this verse and the verses that follow that I'm looking forward to the opportunity when we get back together again to study this portion of God's word. I'm just going to give you just a few insights here. Throughout history, people have always sought to know the truth, the truth about what's right and wrong, what's meaningful and what's purposeful in life. And as a result, there's an endless list of philosophies, worldviews, and religions that have arisen over the centuries, each claiming to be the truth. And in turn, canceling out the truth of those that came before it. But in contrast to these speculations of mankind, the Bible teaches timeless truth. That it is a truth that is absolute for all people from all cultures in all ages. It's the truth about God and man. Truth about good and evil. Life and death and especially about the way of salvation. While the world clings to its uncertain speculations, which Scripture describes as earthly, natural, and demonic, believers have been given in Scripture the solid truth of God himself. It declares that God is the God of truth, that Jesus is full of truth, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, And that the word of God is the word of truth. Believers are called to worship God in truth. To be committed to the truth. To obey the truth. To love the truth. To speak the truth in love. To walk the truth. In fact, truth is one of the central missions of the church, which is to be the pillar and support of the truth. Now, while Jesus spoke of knowing the truth, what he was speaking of was knowing of God's revelation to man, which was fully embodied in Jesus himself. Therefore, to know the truth is to know Jesus. It means receiving him, accepting him, obeying him, and regarding him above all else. And doing so provides spiritual freedom from sin and death. Believers are truly free because they're free to do God's will. And fulfill God's purpose for their lives. You see, we have God's will explained to us in God's word. And we have God's Holy Spirit living within us, being our teacher, guiding us, empowering us to fulfill what God has for us and protecting us. Verse 31, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, in that, God declared, My righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, 
my soul has no pleasure in him. You see, not everyone who professes belief in the gospel is able to continually grow in that faith. Paul mentions some of the members at the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians who were perpetual babes because they would not take the meat of the gospel. And the writer of Hebrews spoke of a similar group who by that time should have been teaching others but instead required to be taught even the primary things of the Christian faith. And on at least two different occasions, Jesus said, He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. You see, it's easy to be attracted to Jesus, but the test is in abiding. It's only those who continue, who abide, who are genuine disciples. It is the, the proof of faith is in continuing with the Savior. Present tense of the word, he may suggest that Jesus was not telling them how to become disciples. It wasn't, Jesus wasn't saying, if you continue in my word, then you will become my disciples. That wasn't what he was saying. He was saying, if, if you are a genuine disciple, then you will continue in my word. My word encapsulates Jesus and all that he taught. And to abide means to live in, which is more broad than to believe in, which implies intellectual activity. To live in includes intellectual as well as physical as well as every activity. And we are called to abide in the word. True disciples are word oriented. They understand the the importance of being doers of the word and not listeners or hearers only. True believers possess a desire for the word that is described through the psalmist. Oh, how I love your law. I love your word, O God. With all my heart, I will observe your precepts. Your law is my delight. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. There's an appetite, a desire for the word of God. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The people that he was speaking with that day, the Jewish people there, didn't know what is the truth. They didn't know Jesus. They didn't know what his mission was. They didn't know what his work was. They didn't didn't know him. They said, where... Where is your father? Will he kill himself? Uh, Who art thou? And the world in which we live today is very similar and asks very similar kinds of questions. God, I thought we just evolved out of soup. Uh, Savior? Why would I need a savior? I'm doing everything that's right in my own eyes. Christ? Christ? Oh, Christianity is just like all of the other religions. And you can pick and choose the one that works for you. These are some of many of the falsehoods that people are being told. But we need to look to Scripture to find the truth. Scripture is the revelation of divine truth. In it, Jesus Christ, truth incarnate, is revealed. And through it, the Holy Spirit teaches the truth to believers. Remember Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Paul wrote that scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. The reality of believing in Jesus, obeying his word, and knowing the truth brings spiritual freedom. Freedom from delusion. Freedom from falsehood. Freedom from Satan and his schemes. From condemnation 
from judgment, from spiritual ignorance and spiritual death, and from sin. So here in this passage, the Lord clarifies the ingredients that bring true spiritual freedom. Believe in him, continue in his word, know the truth, and be made free. Not an especially complicated formula, is it? This is Study Verse by Verse, an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno with the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely. If you're new to this particular broadcast, we're on the air daily at this same time. And you can find out more about us on the web at highlands.us. Now that's the church. This ministry is studyversebyverse.com. And we're in part listener-supported. The congregation of the church underwrites some of the expenses, but it's wonderful when we hear from listeners just like yourself who are blessed by this ministry, encouraged and lifted up and grow in your spiritual life by listening and uh, want to support us. You can come alongside as a partner when you go to that website, study verse by verse, and give safely. One of the emphasis at Church of the Highlands is growing in Christ through study groups, getting together with others. You can find out more about those groups on the website, highlands.us. Have a great rest of your day. I'm Mike Trout, inviting you back tomorrow at this same time when Pastor Layton will once again open the Word of God and we will study verse by verse.